Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas. Arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 134 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers Now. Royal Pizza celebrating 50 years in Edmonton. Still making it great. On through October, Royal Pizza offering the Combo Special. Your choice of Greek or Caesar salad with garlic toast, two medium gourmet pizzas, and four anniversary cookies, all for just 50 bucks. Pick it up at any of their 14 Edmonton and area locations. Royal Pizza, everything is real at Royal. It's old school big boy pizza. All right, without further ado, as promised, we're going to hook up with the general manager of the Edmonton Oil Kings, Kurt Hill. They had a successful weekend. They played a very young Red Deer squad. We had Brent Sutter on the show. I think he said he had 13, 16, and 17-year-olds in the lineup. Edmonton's got a young team, too. Younger than last year's team at this stage. Uh, Oil Kings with 4-2, 4-1 victories. Here's Kurt Hill, the GM of the Oil Kings. Kurt, how you doing? I'm doing great, Scott. How are you? Good. How would you assess the weekend that was for the Oil Kings? Well, we got out of with two wins, obviously, as a group. We're, we're happy with uh, the weekend. The guys found ways to, to get those wins. And obviously, the one on the road there in Red Deer, it's not an easy easy rink to win in. They they play hard there. And uh, it was uh, it was a tight game right to the end, but we found a way to get it done. But all in all, uh, the games were a little bit scrambly, but as expected, the first week of the season. Uh, one thing I noticed just uh, watching some of the highlights after Saturday's game, how physical Red Deer was with you guys in the third. And that was, you know, I mean, that this even predates your days in the Western League as a player. I mean, I remember watching, uh, you know, Brent's teams in the early 2000s. And, I mean, they, those were Memorial Cup, uh, you know, teams but they were that was a brutally tough place to play they used to run the you know what out of teams and they were they were physically assertive with you guys on saturday night weren't they oh no there's no question they were on saturday they they took it to us i I sat uh sunday they uh maybe i just caught up with them a little bit they might have got a little bit tired i didn't find the game was that physical on sunday uh but uh yeah no question on saturday night there were points of the games where they were really throwing the body around all right uh from your perspective uh you you got uh, a, a really good defense in theory coming back, but you didn't have two of your guys. You got an injury to Jackson Alexander on defense. He had a, was it a shoulder surgery that he had last year? Missed much of the year. Yeah, that was last year. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's got a little bit of a tweak. And what's going on with Matthew Robertson? Because I know he got in the lineup the other day for the Rangers. Yeah, you know, still waiting on an update from from them. Um, so we'll see kind of where things go today. I know they were skating in New York today. They play again tomorrow. So at this point, uh, he's still there, and uh, we haven't gotten uh, any word on when he's coming back yet. Yeah, and again, he's a second-round draft choice, so the likelihood of him coming back is probably pretty high. Uh, but you get, you're pretty comfortable once you get Robertson and Alexander back in the lineup? 
Yeah, you know, that, that definitely helps a lot. I thought uh, over the weekend our young guys played really well back there. I mean, Lawson didn't play a lot for us last year in Johannian either. So those guys really stepped in, played big minutes for us, and I thought they, they played well. And uh, the newcomer, Keaton Plainy, the young uh, 16-year-old, I thought he was uh, kind of answered the bell physically and uh, played some big minutes and good minutes for us on the weekend too. So, yeah, getting those guys back in up will help, but our young guys are getting that opportunity, and uh, they've seized it so far. You got a couple guys, Jake Neighbors, I believe a fourth overall pick, and then Dylan Gunther, a first overall pick, uh, back-to-back years. Uh, how do those two guys perform this weekend for you? Uh, you know what, I thought Jake was really good in stages. They, uh, they, Their line produced goals in both games, one the first game, two the second game. Uh, so, you know, I thought they were they were good in spurts. And then uh, Dylan was, uh, you know, first weekend in the league, he had some good opportunities on that. I thought he played a little bit re- better in the game in red here. Um maybe at home his first game in the rink uh, this season as a 16-year-old was a little bit, uh, got them a little bit, but uh, obviously, as mentioned, you know, he's a guy we can be patient with. He's a phenomenal talent and, um, you know, a bad game for Dylan, too. I, I We're hard on him, critique hard, but he, he was still a factor out there in both games and, and was fine. You got a finish in port. What's his full pronunciation of his name? Uh, yes, he's the Pala. Okay, smaller guy, but he seemed to be in the guts of the game when I saw him yesterday. Yeah, you know, he's a real pesky guy. It's what we saw when we were at the under-17s. He's not afraid to get involved, and, you know, he plays with a little bit of jam. He was one of our better players in red here the other night as well, and last night he gets his first goal in the league, and, uh, you know, he made a lot of really nice plays. Ended up getting some power play time at the end of the game too. So, um, yeah, no, pleasantly pleasantly happy with the way that the first weekend went with him, and uh, we'll see if he's a guy that can work his way up the lineup. Now, I don't know how much of a market, like, you know, you've got the three 20-year-olds right now because you moved. Uh, where did Gavlis get traded again? Medicine Hat. He went to Medicine Hat, so he's going to be one of their 20-year-olds. You, you got Connor McDonald back. He's a 20-year-old defenseman. you got a 20-year-old goaltender right now, and then you picked up Sawchuk from Tri-City in the offseason. Um, leaving some options open? Yeah, I think it's just kind of like, you know, leaving options open. It's kind of I'm trying to feel out our goaltending situation again still. uh you know, Miskew played really well in Red Deer the other night, and I thought Todd Scott, he wasn't, didn't have a lot of tests last night, but when he was tested, he played well and made a couple of really nice club saves in the slot. So I'm um, still taking an opportunity to evaluate our goaltending situation and uh, and uh, seeing kind of what's out there as well. Kurt Hill is the president GM of the Edmonton Oil Kings. Kurt, what's the schedule like this week? Uh, yeah, this week we go into Calgary for their home opener on Friday night, and then we're back at uh, Rogers Place on Sunday, hosting uh, the Lethbridge Hurricanes 4 o'clock on Sunday. Well, I'll be seeing you uh, tomorrow, but we'll be going to that game Sunday as well. Thanks for your time, Kurt. Okay, thanks, Bob. You bet. Kurt Hill, General Manager, Edmonton Oil Kings. It's 140 in Edmonton. Should we get to this text right now to Rocky Mountain House? What do you think? I think this is going to upset some people. You can t- We're talking about the NHL Network did a top 50 players list, and they had a trio of Maple Leafs. Uh at 11, 12, and 13. Mitch, uh, John Tavares was 11th. Mitch Marner was 12th. And they had Austin Matthews at 13th. They had Leon Dreisaitl 16th. Dreisaitl has been 7th in the league in points over the last three years and 12th in the league in goals. Like those, he's been a top 10 productive player in the league. Um, scored 50 last year. None of Tavares, Marner, or Matthews has ever scored 50. Had 100 points last year. None of those guys have ever had a 100-point season in the NHL. Taylor Hall was 41st, but we had some comments on Leon. At a Rocky Mountain house, 
I love Leon, but the smart hockey mind uh, recognizes that without Connor, Leon scores 25 goals at best. He is ranked properly at 16th. That one comes to us from Tim. Is Leon Dreisaitl a top 10 player in the NHL? Is it not easier to produce in Toronto, where you had Morgan Riley last year as a 70-point defenseman? You had three lines of scores. Toronto had a small, quick, skilled team. Three te- they had three lines that could score last year. Their, their D this year is going to be able to even move the puck better because now they got Tyson Berry. Like, the Oilers do not have that sort of offensive dimension from the blue line. So I'm going to Texas. Let us know, man, at 6.30, Is Leon Dreisaitl a top 10 player in the NHL? Or are we just myopic pro-Edmonton people here? Brendan, have you noticed a lot of texts coming in as well on uh, Matt Benning? There's been several texts on Matt Benning over the last... Mm-hmm. Is he not a useful third-pairing NHL defenseman? I think that's sort of been his calling card the last couple seasons. The problem rose when he was asked to do more than that. Right. So they've played Joel Persa the entire preseason with Clefbaum. It's obvious Persson's going to be there. He's 25 years of age. They're going to percolate Bouchard, most likely down in the minors, and one of Lagasin or Bear is going to make the team... Look, man, I've had as many animated discussions, you know, with Brian Benning as anybody about hockey. But Matt Benning? Matt Benning's a serviceable player slotted in that role. Leon Dreisettle, top 10 player not. Let us know. You can reach us on our Heartland. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. For text line at 6.30, We still have this day in Oilers history to get to as well. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 6.30 Chad. Oh, we're going to get into it coming up here on our Heartland Ford text line. But not before we go to List D and Oilers history, brought to you by New West Travel. Join Oilers now on two great roadies coming up in the second half of the season. We sold out our New York City trip. We're going to Chicago and Tampa Bay. Chicago is an awesome city. Big city money, Midwest value. That is Chicago. Tampa Bay, the trip there includes a five-night Caribbean cruise. For reservations, call the New West Travel. 
or go online at newestravel.com. What do you got for us there, Mr. Escott? Back in 1979, the Oilers play their first NHL preseason game in Brandon, Manitoba against the Winnipeg Jets, ultimately losing that one 4-2. Well, it was just a follow-up from the conclusion of the Canada Cup. You know, it's... For those that are texting, oh, you too much college football on Monday shows. Like, it's not like I've thrown something hard at you. Like, I could bring a fastball at you if you want. Name me the legendary Tennessee coach and Army general who once had a shutout streak that lasted an entire season. One of the greatest defensive innovators of all time. You know the phones from the press box? This guy invented that. Yeah. He actually mapped out the stadium that, of course, is now named after him. 5-0-2 lifetime head-to-head against Bear Bryant, this coach was. See what you got. See if you got any juice. You'll be able to look it up in time. We're talking about Leon Settle. Here we go. I'm going to go to the Fizzler. Now, the Fizzler has been texting our shows. We have the Chisler, who is based out of Las Vegas, and we have the Fizzler, who I think got so sick of hearing about texts from the Chisler that he decided to have some fun with them. I actually like the Fizzler. Bob, if you want Oilers players to get more respect, then maybe they could try making the playoffs. It's a radical notion, I know, but now might not be the time. Um, now might be the time for radical solutions from the Fizzler. Fair enough. The thing I'd say is sometimes guys that play on teams that make the playoffs get a little overrated. Like Leon Dreisaitl has won a playoff series. How many of Marner and Matthews won? Three Maple Leafs ahead of Dreisaitl in a year where he finishes fourth in the league in scoring and has one of the two 50-goal seasons? Texas at 66 uh uh, 630, 630. Hey, Bob, who is Bobby Bowden? No, that's not the coach of Tennessee. Florida State. Similar program to Tennessee right now on a down cycle. You can text us at 630, 630. There was one other prominent school that Bowden coached before he went to uh, Florida State. He was involved in a movie that many of you watched with Matthew McConaughey. All right. Uh, Dreisaitl had one uh, little bad patch last year to... Uh, uh, he took it like a man. He's permanently in my good books. We got a winner, winner. No. <laughs> wow. Somebody threw a name out there. Here, Brendan, I'm going to have some fun for you. Just as a because now I, we'll get back to the dry settles. Somebody threw a name of a coach out there. Do you know the, the former Edmonton Eskimos head coach that has a stadium named after him about a program that we discussed on today's show? Drawing a blank. You don't, you can't go back to 1953 with the Edmonton Eskimos. <laughs> you asked me to go back to they, the mid 90s, it gets foggy. Uh, uh, well, we've, we've had discussions on that, right? There's a thing called YouTube. Uh, Daryl K. Royal. It's the name of the stadium in Texas, the University of Texas. So Daryl K. Royal coached the Eskimos in 53. Uh, then he went off, I forget which, he ended up, I know at one time he was coaching Washington and then he ended up going to uh, Texas and he coached him from the, the 50s until uh, probably the mid-1970s. They ran a variation of the Veer offense. 
which was, you know, or a wing, whatever you want to call it. They also won a 1970 championship game, and they had a kid on their team that year. I forget the kid's name. And he got cancer, and they amputated his leg, and he was on the sidelines. It's a memorable photo in Texas lore. So might want to look it up one day when you're cruising around and can't sleep at night because you're worried about how your team's going to do that upcoming season. And so you're sitting there carousing around. Uh, yeah, so it's not Daryl Royal. But uh, Hawes gets it. It was uh, Neeland was the coach. at uh, I believe his name was General Neeland, actually, uh, was the coach at Tennessee for a number of years. <laughs> uh, here we go. Bob, uh, Nikita Kucherov has Stamco- Stamkos, Point, and Hedman. Ovechkin has Backstrom, Kuznetsov, and Carlson. Dreisaitl has McDavid. Why is Drysaddle disrespected, but the other two are top five players? It takes a hell of a player to score 50 goals and 100 points, no matter who they play with. Look at us play in the Anaheim series. This is a top 10 player in the world. Uh, Bob, college football talk is great. It's really good to watch when hockey isn't on from KS. Well, I mean, were you watching the NHL uh, exhibition game on Saturday night between Buffalo and Toronto? No, but I was watching college football. So was I. I was watching Texas and <laughs> like, Ohio State, and I was watching Georgia and Notre Dame. So there you have it. See, Brendan, we're having a connection there. Good for you, man. Like I'm not gonna watch. Uh, I'm not gonna watch the Maple Leafs play Buffalo in the second of a back-to-back preseason game. It's just not gonna happen. Uh, Ahmad out of Port Coquitlam, B.C. says, Bob, Leon Dreisettle is a top five player in this league. End of story. This text comes in out of Edmonton. Dreisettle is probably correctly ranked or high. He is definitely a lesser player than all three of the Leafs if he doesn't have Connor with him. Credit to him for scoring 50, though. I think you're looking at it with Oilers' rose-colored glasses if you think Dreisaitl is better than any of those three Maple Leaf players out of Edmonton. Again, you can text us at 630-630. So I'd like that justified then by that texter. What makes him a lesser player than someone like Austin Matthews? You know what I mean? Like, it's stylistically, I think he's quite a bit different from Mitch Marner. But if you want to compare Leon to Matthews as someone who can really shoot the puck, wh- what's your case there? Like, they'll, and Maple Leaf fans will say, well, Marner kills penalties. Well, guess who is probably one of the Oilers' best penalty killers on a bad penalty killing team? Dreisaitl. I mean, Edmonton went out and brought in three penalty killers Granlund, Shan, Archibald to limit the minutes. But the Oilers could only trust Dreisaitl in the faceoff circle last year. It's interesting stuff. Um, again, you can text us at 630-630. This text comes in. Bob, what was Matt Benning's uh, plus-minus the last two years? I believe it was a negative. That includes most of the defense. I feel he needs a change of scenery. Uh, I get that he's serviceable, but it's about starting to win. You're, you're completely incorrect. He was plus 11 last year. He's been a plus player all three years with the Oilers. Benning is what he is. He is a serviceable 5-6 NHL defenseman. And because he's a right shot, he's probably a 5. And I'm surprised at how many fans... Like, he had a tough game the other night against Vancouver, okay? He had a tough game. But he's a legitimate NHL defenseman. And he's a right shot. 
if the Oilers play Russell with Benning, to me, that could work as a third pairing. And then they it can slow the process down for Bouchard, and they can get Bouchard up and running as a pro, you know, 21, 22 minutes a game. By the way, we neglected to mention Logan Day, uh, likely headed down the path towards wrist surgery. He's going to be out a little bit here. Yamamoto is uh, closing in on a potential return. Both those players went to Bakersfield on, um, what day was that? Saturday. So they did not join the team in Kelowna. It would not surprise me if Connor Yamamoto was ready for the start of the NHL or for the start of the AHL season. Brendan, the Oilers are going to have four first-round picks not in the NHL. Broberg's going to be playing over in Sweden, percolating for a year there. Bouchard, unless he kills it in, in the next exhibition game that he plays, almost certainly headed to Bakersfield. Yamamoto, wrist surgery in the offseason. He'll start the year not in the NHL. Yes, a Paul Yarvey, different situation. Obviously his choice. There's no one in the Oilers organization that is cheering against. They, they hope he kills it in Finland. Go for it, kid. Drive your value up. We're probably going to have a trade at some point. That's the most likely scenario. The asset value increases the better he plays. Four first-rounders, not in the NHL to start. And no, it is not a negative reflection on the players that were picked. The Paul Yarvey situation is different. But the other three guys, remember, Yamamoto went 22nd. There's no guarantees at 22nd. And he's in a better place to start. He needs to prove himself in the AHL. All right. Thanks to all of you. A lot of you texted. And Leon got a lot of supporters here. Uh, this text comes in from Steve. Austin Matthews doesn't even come close to Connor McDavid, and he gets the amount of money like he is as good as Connor. I don't think uh, so. Numbers speak for themselves. A different texture goes, Austin is a better player than Drysaddle. He skates better, carries the puck better, just an overall better, more talented player. Player, Drysaddle is very good, but he's no Austin. Bob, you got to love the Calgary Flames trolls that are listening to the show. Apparently we have listeners in Calgary. I would never want to pump up those numbers. It's not my, uh, it's not my spiel. Bruce Springsteen, 70. We're going to leave you with the river. Mark Spector will be in tomorrow, every Tuesday and Friday for the horses in Horse Racing Alberta. Present live standard bed racing Friday night, Sunday afternoon at Century Mile, every Saturday afternoon at Track on 2 in Lacombe. Reed Wilkins has inside sports tonight from 6 to 8. Eskimos Coaches Show. We'll hear from Jason Moss and Blake Dermott. Bunch of Oilers talk. Bears football wins again, as we mentioned. And the Plouffe sisters lead Canada to a win uh, at the three-on-three tournament basketball-wise that took place at the Ice Palace. So, uh, full covered. Thank you to everybody for participating in today's interactive element to the show. Up next, a news weather traffic update with Cassandra Jolan, followed by the 6.30 Chet Afternoons with Jalen I. Let her rip, Brendan. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.